0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, January 7th. Today on the show, a couple of Nashville Predators got back onto the ice. The basket Vols bounced back against Arkansas, and we will talk with midday 180's Jonathan Hutton about how healthy this Titans team is and maybe highlight a few matchups that he thinks are undercovered heading into the postseason. The 440 is constructed every single day by the Kingston Group. The Kingston Group is a Nashville-based custom home and luxury remodeling firm. Those are some big fancy words, but it's the truth. And they've been making clients happy across Middle Tennessee for over a decade. And it's why my family uses the Kingston Group. Look, I'm not telling you to go out and remodel your entire kitchen or master suite right now. What I'm saying is when you are ready to do that, there is only one place to go. And that's buildkg.com, the Kingston Group, character and craftsmanship. You know... A lot like this show. We've been talking with a lot of different experts about the Titans-Ravens playoff game this week on the show, and today we continue our tour through the matchup with the host of Midday 180, Jonathan Hutton. He's going to dive into some matchups that he thinks are being undercovered heading into the weekend, as well as his sense as to just how healthy this Titans team will be on Sunday.
1: Well, they're going to be banged up, but... I think all things considered, hearing Roger Saffold say what he said uh, on Wednesday that he was going to play, we've seen him not practice throughout the weeks recently. Braden and he's 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 played and and held up strong uh, as well as Ben Jones at center. I think the offensive line is crucial in this matchup to stay as healthy as possible they're already on their third left tackle Saffold playing is huge in this game especially against the front of Baltimore don't know about Adam Humphreys we haven't heard about him since he went on IR a handful of weeks ago with the concussion protocol uh, they could use him in the playoffs we said that last year uh, but the offensive line quarterback running back with Derrick Henry um, AJ Brown has played hurt since week one I'm not as concerned about him I I know he's going to show up and play well and Corey Davis hopefully I I think his issues have been more off the field having to deal with the loss of his brother uh welcoming in a a child to their house I think there have been some distractions off the field with him that I hope he gets in order for for the first weekend of the playoffs those things I, I think are crucial to to going up against Baltimore on Sunday
0: Well, and Baltimore's defensive line a little bit different than than what it was when they played just a a month and a half ago or whatever. So I think there's been a lot of talk of the Titans defense and how do they match up with Lamar Jackson and the nickel and dime packages and how physical the secondary can be. And there's a lot of talk about sort of the obvious stuff. How do you stop Derrick Henry? You know, are are there matchups within the game that you think are not being covered enough by sort of the, the media writ large as as things that could be very important on Sunday?
1: I think there are a handful of them, and let's just quickly run through them. I think first and foremost, the matchup I'm watching is A.J. Brown and Corey Davis against Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, two premier corners in the NFL that was a key matchup earlier this season where A.J. Brown and Corey Davis combined for nine catches, 175 yards, uh, as Tannehill picked up the pace with the play action. And the run game got going in the second half, scored 10 points at halftime, ended up winning that game in overtime because of the passing game. So big plays that kept drives alive. And it was the one on one matchups where the Titans receivers who we have seen step up here and there as a combination. But really, it's been A.J. Brown's game or Corey Davis's game and back and forth. I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason to that as much as matchup. They need both to show up and play well on the outside. I mentioned up front, and you did too, with, with Brandon Williams and Calais Williams back. They were on the COVID list in the, the, the Week 11 matchup. That will be different in the run game for them. They need to be solid on the interior, having Roger Saffold play because he didn't play in the first matchup. That's crucial in this. And, and look, I, I think Greg Roman and his third go-around against this Titans defense, he's 0-for-2. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what adjustments, what wrinkles he can throw in with the Baltimore offense. That hasn't already been shown on tape that the Titans have defended well against the run. I'm not, if Lamar Jackson can throw and be accurate that the Ravens win this game, Uh, we haven't seen that from him on a consistent level. What can Greg Roman throw in as an offensive coordinator and a play caller that the Titans haven't seen? Because so far they found a remedy, whether they're playing with the lead or playing from behind, they've been able to find a solution and make adjustments to what Greg Roman has done
0: couple of important points there from Hutton, of course. Obviously, you know, this stage of an NFL season going into the playoffs, everyone is sort of banged up at this point, and, and people are playing through injuries. But without Roger Saffold, this team would be very different, and it does feel like he's going to give it a go as of Thursday morning when we publish. I do think, and we've mentioned this on the show briefly this week already, that the point that Jonathan brings up about Greg Roman and the Ravens offense and the scheme and the strategy – They have been stopped by Mike Vrabel's defense twice now. Mike Vrabel has to anticipate something new. So now we're in this chess match where Greg Roman knows what works and what doesn't. Mike Vrabel knows what works and what doesn't, and you have to expect both of them to come out and try something different. Does that involve blitz packages? Does that involve simplifying scheme on defense? Does that involve Lamar Jackson throwing the football down the field more? Those are the things that are very, very interesting to me from a schematic standpoint that I don't think are getting a ton of run, and I'm glad that Hutton pointed them out. Of course, special thanks to Jonathan Hutton for giving us a few minutes of his time, Midday 180, of course, and the Titans Radio Network. The National Predators finally got new forward Luke Cunnan signed on Wednesday. The 23-year-old first-round pick agreed to a two-year, $4.6 million contract. Cunning was acquired, of course, in the trade for Nick Bonino this offseason. And the former Minnesota Wild winger will likely compete for a top-six forward spot now that he can get on the ice and actually practice. Most likely, it's he or Ellie Tolvanen on that second line with Matt Duchesne and Mikael Grenlin. Reminder, the Preds are off on Thursday and have a very important scrimmage on Friday evening at 7 p.m. That scrimmage is where we are going to learn the most about things like line combination and maybe get a better sense of what John Hines wants his starting lineup to look like. With less than a week before the season starts, this coaching staff is going to have to work very fast to get their roster organized, and getting Cunning signed and on the ice was critical with just a few days left before the season starts. As far as practice on Wednesday goes, Cunning actually got to skate with the team. Matthias Eckholm was also back on the ice, so that's really good news. But Matt Duchesne was still nowhere to be found, so quote-unquote unfit for practice still for the centerman, Something, of course, to keep an eye on as we move forward in training camp. Well, I don't know about you all, but I definitely needed a good 40 minutes of college basketball last night. After an unexpected home loss to Alabama over the weekend, the Vols sort of got back on track on Wednesday night with a 79-74 win over Arkansas at home, but it was not easy at all. The Vols were not particularly efficient on either end of the floor, but got just enough stops and made all 10 of their free throws in the final two minutes to hold on for the nail-biting win over the Hogs. Tennessee gave up 53% shooting from the floor on defense, very uncharacteristic, and did not make a single field goal Over the final four forty-nine of the game. On one hand, it's a bad sign that following a poor showing against Alabama over the weekend, that the Vols once again seemed a bit off on both ends. Maybe they didn't even deserve to win the game. On the other hand, it's a home win over a 9-2 Arkansas team while not playing even anywhere close to your best basketball. So maybe Wednesday night's win was both a really good thing and a bad thing. Either way, a win is a win, and the Vols will now take their 2-1 SEC record and all their attention to Texas A&M on the road on Saturday. The 440 is built every morning for you by the Kingston Group. Through careful attention to detail, like a type A head football coach, the Kingston Group will treat your home and your budget like their own. I could tell you all about their areas of expertise, or the killer design team they've got, or all their meticulous processes – Or you could just go to the website, buildkg.com, check out their work, and let the scoreboard do the talking. The Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and luxury renovation firm. Thank you guys all for listening. Per usual, my name is Brayden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brayden Gall. Please share the show with just one person. That's all I ask. This has been the 440 for Thursday, January 7th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.